Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the Talk Witchcraft podcast. In this episode, Erica and I will be talking about how to make the most of Leo season. You're listening to Talk Witchcraft. On this podcast, we talk about witchcraft as a lifestyle and discover how to merge magic into your daily life. Every week, we'll demystify witchy topics like tarot, astrology, crystals, herbs, and more as you develop your personal brand of magic and create the life of your dreams. We're We're your hosts, hosts, the Mystic Mystic Sisters, Sisters, Erica and Maggie. In this segment of the show, we choose a tarot card for the week, and we look for moments that relate to this card in our daily lives. For this episode, we will choose the King of Wands. The theme of this card is authority and leading by example. This king is a king of taking action. And if you look at the Rider Waite version of this card, the wand that he's holding is actually resting a step down from where his throne is. And that makes me think that he is ready to move in like a single swift motion. His throne also appears to be temporary or you could break it down easily. And so if this king needs to jump up and move into action, then he can do that really easily. So there's this sense of like eagerness and readiness and willingness to to move forward and take action, like you said. Yeah, this king is a great leader who isn't going to just sit back and watch while other people do the work. He's like in the action. He's on the front line. He is the kind of boss who will roll up his sleeves and do the work when he sees it, sees that help is needed. What is your King of Wands story, Maggie? So when I was reflecting on this card, I was thinking, you know, the kings can also be women. And so I was trying to think of a story where either I felt like this or I knew a woman who felt like who I felt like was a leader and something like that. But all that came to me was two different managers in two different restaurants that I worked for, um, both men. So a king can be a woman, but in this case, it made me think of a man. Um, But anyway, they stand out to me as what you might consider to be like the upright version of this card and the reverse of this card. So one manager that I remember in particular, he would get in there and he would bust tables. If we were really busy and we couldn't do it, he would run food to tables. He would clean the bathroom even. He would wash dishes if the dishwasher needed a break. Whatever needed to be done, he would see it and he could really see what was would help make the restaurant run more smoothly. And he didn't see it as beneath his position as manager. He saw it as part of his job as manager. So I always enjoyed working when he was managing because I felt like that kind of trickled to everybody else and they would all be really helpful as well. He'd be so helpful jumping in on these things that weren't technically his job. And then other servers would offer to help if they had a spare minute and, you know, the bussers were doing their job better. The kitchen staff was much more friendly and helpful. And so that really makes me think of a king of wands who's just really, you know, like Erica said, going to roll up his sleeves and do the work not necessarily like a kingly thing to do, but this that manager did that. But then I have a contrasting manager who was not fun to work with. He would, it was like he thought he was like better than the labor. Once he got re- promoted from server to manager, he was just like not willing to do that work anymore. And it, he 
um, he, so he had this attitude of that being beneath him, that the work necessary to run the restaurant was not his job anymore, even though that was his job description was to run the restaurant successfully. So in one sense, yeah, he did, you know, put in the work, he got promoted, he deserved that promotion. But as soon as he was promoted, it was like he became entitled. And so he was sort of blameful of other people as well. Like when, um, when things started to go crazy or we got in the weeds, he would blame the servers or the, or the hostesses, like, why aren't you doing your job? And we would have to explain, you know, we're really busy. And instead of offering to help or finding what to do um, to help do it better, uh, he wouldn't notice that, like, I have 10 tables and I just got five seated to me. All of them are looking for me. Two of those, two of my tables need their check. I need somebody needs ranch, but I don't re remember where it goes. The kitchen just all called for people to take food out. All of these things, you know, if you've worked in a restaurant, how these things build up. Um, and I don't, I wouldn't even have time to like answer that question and explain to him why it was hard. Um, but he wouldn't be able to figure it out on his own. He wouldn't, you know take that initiative and help or figure out how to do that. So I, I see that as more of like the reverse king of wands. Yeah, I, I see that. And as, as you were telling your story, and as I was thinking about this card, I was, you know, we just had um, the 4th of July here in, in America. I don't know if we have uh, foreign listeners, but if we do, hi. Um, but we just had the 4th of July and we watched that movie from the 90s, um, Independence Day. And I'm just thinking of this scene where the president, um, he gives his like really strong independence speech where you all get chills and it's like, yay, this is our independence day and everybody's cheering. And then he starts to walk to his airplane and his aide, like the secretary of defense or something like that, he's like, what the heck are you doing? And the president's like, I'm a fighter pilot. I fly planes. This is like my military experience is what got me elected to be president. And by gosh, I'm going to be leading by example. And so like, that is what this King of Wands is about. Totally. Yeah. That's a good example. I love that movie. <laughs> I love that movie too. So for my King of Wands story, I was actually my own King of Wands and this kind of actually happened this week. So um, we were having a staff meeting and remember I'm only two months into this job. Um, but the owner of the company was having connectivity issues from her home and it kept dropping her from our meeting because we're still in COVID precautions. We're still, um, you know, virtually having these staff meetings and, you know, I'm a leader by nature and I have been struggling with my jobs for years to afford me a leadership position because I am, I am that I'm, I am a leader and I've been in my career long enough that I can lead. And so because I'm a natural leader, I just kind of took over the meeting and nobody said boo. They're just like, yep, let's follow Erica. And uh, the owner texted the group and said, I'm sorry, I'm having trouble. I can't get on. Erica, send me your, send me the notes 
of what happens or what I missed. And so I immediately start taking minutes and I'm having people go around and ask their questions. And, you know, we're just kind of making our way, stumbling through the meeting. And then I emailed my notes to the owner and um, she replied with, um, way to go, you are hired. And I kind of like laughed it off because obviously I've already been hired. I said, um, you know, LOL, thanks. And she's like, no, seriously, if you want a leadership position, I could really use some help with leading meetings when I'm unable to attend. And it was like this breath of fresh air of like, finally, somebody sees the leadership qualities I have in myself and, um, and, and I, and is willing to give me those opportunities. And it just felt so good and was absolutely a moment of the, a, a leader seeing a need and taking action. And yeah. I felt well, very proud of myself. I hadn't heard that yet. So I'm very proud of you. <laughs> That's awesome. And of course, you are a leader. So um, that totally makes sense that you would see that for this card. And I'm really glad that she saw that in you. Um, and that was that opportunity came up. Yeah. And it was what made it so special was the fact that every time I had asked for leadership opportunities, it had been shut down. And this was the first time that somebody had recognized that quality in me and offered it to me without me asking. So mm -hmm. it was a really cool moment. Yeah, I think that that's an important thing to see too, because, you know, sometimes they say that in order to like love yourself or be proud of yourself, somebody else, you have to, no, wait, what, what do they say? That to have other people love you, you need to love yourself first. But I've always disliked mm -hmm. that saying because sometimes you need someone else to be proud of you and to love you before you can see that in yourself and so that's kind of what happened mm -hmm. too I mean obviously you're proud of yourself more than because of this but somebody saw it in you too and that gives you more reason to be proud of yourself yep. so. and that brings us to our topic which is all about Leo season and being prideful and um, loving yourself and having fun and things like that. So let's start by reminding our listeners what we mean when we talk about the zodiac seasons, and then we'll get to those five ways to make the most out of Leo season that we mentioned at the beginning of this episode. So the zodiac seasons are determined by the summers, by the solstices and the equinoxes, and those those four points in the year divide the sky around the earth into four quadrants. And then those four quadrants are further divided into three more segments. And four times three is 12. And that's how we get our 12 zodiac seasons. So as the sun travels through each of those segments of the sky, that's how we determine which zodiac season that we're in. And we're moving into Leo season. And as we move into Leo season, we can start to prepare for that by doing these different activities that we're talking about in this episode. So what is the first way to make the most of Leo season, Erica? The first way to make the most of Leo season is to let yourself brag and show off your joys. 
This is summertime for Northern Hemisphere folk, and it's a time to celebrate life and enjoy everything life has to offer you. We've just had the summer solstice when the solar energy was at its peak, and now we're approaching the harvest season, which is the first celebration called Lunasa, occurring during the, lunar, the Leo season. It's, it's so hard to like brag and be you know, to talk about yourself and to say like, I'm really good at this, but this, this is the time to do it. This is when Leo is in full charge and Leo is prideful and he likes to brag. Yes, exactly. And there's so much to brag about. Like Erica said, it's, we're approaching harvest season with Lunasa and then Mabin and then Samhain. And there's so much abundance during those harvests. So when you have all of this abundance surrounding you, there's so much to be grateful for. And the more that you see what you can be grateful for and what is worthy of that praise and celebration in your life, the more you will have to praise and celebrate because you know you're acknowledging those things and you'll see more and more what you're um, proud of, what you're joyful about. And so this is a great time to allow that generous, fun, magnanimous energy in into your life and then to take that opportunity to show off a little and even brag. Yeah, um, I was, you know, talking about the harvest season coming in, you know, all my vegetables are starting to grow and I got five like two foot long zucchinis and how and I have no idea. They just appear like the zucchini does that. It just appears and it's large and in charge. And um, I was able to make six little baggies of two cups of zucchini, of shredded zucchini so that I can make zucchini bread all winter long. And it'll be amazing. Oh, that'll be, that'll be so much fun. Cause you know, you think of zucchini bread as like a summer thing and you'll get to have, you'll get to take that like sunny, harvest energy into the winter and and let that fill you with the solar energy all the time yeah so really really uh surrounded in abundance here with yeah. zucchini <laughs> and it's sort of like what we were talking about last week with like kitchen witchcraft you know making the zucchini bread you're kind of instilling the lunasa harvest energy with um into the zucchini bread and you can have that forever so much abundance. So let's talk about the second way to make the most of Leo season. And it is to love yourself and to be proud of yourself. And in Western culture, as we've kind of mentioned so far, um, boasting and bragging is sort of looked down on. And I don't really like that. I think we should be able to brag about the things that we are um, happy about and proud of ourselves about. So I have to clarify a story with you, though, Erica. Do you remember this? So I was remembering something from childhood, and I think I was filling out a job application, but it might have been you, Erica, and um, whichever one of us had some sort of weird feeling and, and verbalized that, and it was about making a list of accomplishments. And I remember our dad saying something about that when you're writing down a job application, when you're sharing your accomplishments, how else will they know what you're capable of if you don't tell them? Yeah, I do remember that. And I, I can't remember. I can't remember if it was me or you also. Um, but I do feel it was like a resume. 
Oh, because yeah. there's that section of um, where you have to list like, I'm good at Excel and I'm good at, you know, all of your accomplishments and things. So I think that that's that section that we're talking about. He was saying that you have to tell people about yourself if in order for them to know who you are and you and you have to be able to say, I'm really good at something. If they're just reading a paper about you that you have to be able to say, I am good at this. But it is, it's so hard to say, like, I'm a leader and I'm motivated and I believe that deadlines exist for a reason. And to say all those things, because it does feel like bragging and we're told so much, like, don't brag. I don't know why, though. (laughs) Why? Especially (laughs) at such a young age. Like, now I feel like um, like what you were saying before, that now you've come into that feeling of being a leader because of all your experience and stuff. And and when we were, do- whichever one was doing this, it was like in high school or something. So we'd been conditioned our whole life to not brag. And that's so silly be- that we have to wait until we're in our 30s to be able to feel comfortable bragging. So, well, and it's that whole fill your cup um, before you fill someone else's, you know, the, the put your oxygen mask on before helping somebody else with theirs when your plane is crashing into the ground. Um, that if you love yourself, you have more love to go around. And if you're looking after your own well-being, but by focusing on what's great about who you are, then you're going to be able to, you know, help the people in your job or help the people in your community. And, you know, like, so talking about yourself and being confident in yourself and being proud of yourself is, should be looked at as a good thing. Yeah. And I think that's what Leo teaches us to be confident without being arrogant. Cause sometimes that's one thing that Leo as a um, sign, if you're, if you are a Leo, it's thought of as arrogance, but there's a difference between being confident and being arrogant. And I think sometimes people, um, say those two things together and you can be confident without being arrogant and to lead with example of love and, um, and then to also pay that forward, be really generous and giving with your heart because, you know, putting, putting yourself first, giving yourself love, filling your cup, and then you'll have this full generous heart that you can pass, pay it forward to other people. So the third part of celebrating Leo season is to find the fun in flirting and dating. Um, So, you know, whether you're single and ready to mingle or in a committed relationship or somewhere in between, you're never too old to flirt. Uh, You know, you can, flirting sometimes is viewed as like cheating. I'd say that in quotes, but you dear listener can't see me doing the air quotes. Um, but flirting is just having a confidence in yourself and, um, and an ability to communicate with other people. Um, it's, it's being, it's being charismatic, it's being confident, it's being playful, it's all of these things. And it doesn't have to be romantic, it doesn't, flirting doesn't have to be romantic. So you can shower a friend with love um, if that's more your speed. You know, you can flirt with a friend. You can flirt with, um, you know, different kind of different kinds of relationships that you have in your life. So, yeah, when I think about flirting, 
I think like a, a lot of people do think of it as being romantic, but like you said, it doesn't have to be romantic. You can, you can flirt with an idea and, and basically it's just like showing interest in something in a really playful way and being really, um, it's, it's almost superficial in a way. Like it's not about like a deep romantic love or a deep attraction or, um, anything like that. It's like, on the surface where you're just like having fun, being playful and not taking yourself too seriously, you know? Exactly. You're, you're just, um, I, I feel like we get into this spot of it being this romantic indication of undying love, but it's not, it's just, it's just being friendly and having a conversation with somebody. Yeah. So during Leo season, one way that you can flirt is to, you know, you could take yourself out on a date and maybe it could be with the intention of meeting someone to flirt with, or you could plan a special event with somebody that you are in a relationship with or a friend even um, in order to rekindle a friendship or to um remember what it's like at those beginning stages of a a relationship, whether again, whether that's with a friend or a romantic partner, and just remember that like playfulness and the light, light lighthearted fun. So we have two more ways to make the most of Leo season. But before we do that, let's talk about the herb of the week. So what is it, Erica? This episode is brought to you by chamomile. Chamomile? Chamomile. Chamomile. (laughs) Chamomile. So I'll start by telling you about the medicinal properties and then you can share the magical properties. Before I start, I do want to put a shout out to a place where I'm getting all of my information from. The Golden Poppy is an apothecary and herbal store that is local to me, but they have an awesome Materia Medica, Um, a Materia Medica being just a collection of the properties for different um, herbs, and they have set it up really well and uh, easy to read. And I use their resources a lot. So again, that's golden poppy. So chamomile, first and foremost, is one of those few herbs that is kid-friendly and totally safe. Chamomile is great for putting some calmness in children. It's good for colds and flus. It can help break a fever or settle a stomach. And it's really, really gentle. So it's good for young, young children. And it's really, it's also good for um, the elderly population who might have a more sensitive system. Chamomile can be done in in tea or as an essential oil. Um, And it's just, it's just a very gentle herb. Its Latin name is Matricaria ricuccia or Anthemis nobilis. It is part of the daisy family, and you can harvest the flowers when they're blooming in the summer. And because it's um, very calming, it's got a very, very delicate flower, and 
it, the leaves are delicate too. They look like lace. It, it really, it's one of those things where, you know, they say that walnuts are good for your brain because it looks like a brain. Chamomile is good and gentle and calm because it looks good and gentle and calm. And it looks just like a little white daisy, but it's much smaller. And so when you're preparing it again, like I said before, you can put it in a tea. It's good in a bath, which would be great for kids who are having some upper respiratory infection for them to um, breathe it in. Um, Mixing it with some Epsom salts would be great as well. You can also use the essential oil if your child's a little squeamish about having flowers floating in their bath. And then you can also use it in a tincture, which is um, the flowers being infused in alcohol. For our, you know, alcohol anonymous friends out there, Uh, it's, we are in the herbalism world trying to find ways to you, to make tinctures without alcohols. We have not really been successful. Um, but that's why it's, it's good as a tea and in different kinds of salves and stuff like that. So you can still get the benefits without having that alcohol exposure. So it's great. Like I said, for colds and flus, it's a nervine, so it works on your nerves. It's antispasmodic and anti-inflammatory. There's antimicrobial, antibiotic, and antiviral components to it. It's also a tonic, which is going to work on your system of really toning anything you want to fix. So, uh, you know, going back to that anti-inflammatory piece, uh, really bringing that swelling down in an upper respiratory uh, infection. Last but not least, good for uneasy stomachs, helps with nausea, morning sickness, any kind of thing like that where you're just a little like maybe some heartburn, anything like that. Good for ulcers, good for anything that's swelling, and it's also good for healing wounds. So if you have a scratch or something like that and it's starting to welt or have some red inflammation, you can put it on as a salve um, and it'll help with that inflammation there. It's And it's also really good for allergies and asthma, which is a form of inflammation. So lots of inflammation stuff. Very interesting. Yeah. What are the magical properties of chamomile? So chamomile is an active herb. So it is uh, about projecting rather than, you know, receiving. And it is associated with the sun and mercury, as well as the fire, air and water elements. And obviously Leo, the zodiac sign. So it can be used for so many things. Just like Erica said, it's very good for all these different medicinal uses. It's also kind of multi-purpose for for magical purposes. The most common uses are for healing, reducing stress and calming, um, protection, and then also for money and particularly luck with money. So in terms of like gambling and um, that kind of thing. So you can use it in bath magic to it. Well, you can use it for in pretty much any type of a magic uh, because it's so it's safe to use, you know, topically, internally, or as an aromatherapy. So you can add it to a bath as a tea. And not only will it have those healing benefits that Erica talked about, but you could use this as a way to um, project to the world that you are ready to invite love into your life. You could use it as a way to uh, protect yourself and kind of absorb the water 
as you're in the bath with it for protection and as well as well as uh, de-stressing and in particularly using it as an incense for de-stressing because then you either as an essential oil or as an incense where you're smelling it um, that's really good for de-stressifying or calming yourself especially right before meditation or before sleep so that you're calming yourself down before you're going into that really calm and meditative state and chamomile can be really helpful with um, dream work as well. So having a cup of chamomile tea before bed can help you to remember your dreams better and to have more clear dreams. So in terms of protection, you can either drink it as a tea and, and that on its own can be really protective. You can make it as a tea um, that you use as a wash. So that basically you make a tea as you would for drinking it, but instead of drinking it, you would wash your floors, wash your doors, wash your windows with this infusion of chamomile. And that can remove any sort of hexes or curses that you feel have been placed on you or on your home, or it can be a way to protect you from those things happening. So as like a more of a ward. If you add chamomile to like a bag with a bunch of other prosperity herbs and crystals that, and you could carry that around with you, that's a way to increase money that's coming your way. And also if you're doing some sort of like gambling or playing cards, maybe you have a trip to Vegas coming up or something like that, you can take this kind of prosperity bag with you with chamomile. And it's thought that this will help you to increase your chances of winning. Um, or maybe you're, you're going to buy a lotto ticket, you might bring some chamomile with you. And then you can also burn chamomile as an incense, as I said before, um, and do this as a, in terms of prosperity. So it's really all about your intention, what your, what your intention for the spell is, what the purpose is for your spell or ritual, whether you're trying to bring in prosperity and abundance or luck, um, whether you're trying to invite more love into your life or protection or uh, stress relief or general healing you can use it in all of these different ways as an incense, as a tea, as a in bath magic, all of these different ways that I've mentioned and for all of these different purposes. Yeah, it sounds like it's just a really versatile herb, both magically and medicinally. Yeah, it has a lot of different uses. And I think that's probably just because it's so common. It's found on, um, you know, all over the world, different varieties of it. So there's just different ways that people have used it in time and space. Yeah. Um, and in addition to that, it, it really just works well with other herbs and spices. A lot of these herbs that are associated with the sun are, are multi-purpose and amplify other herbs and spices properties. So if you add chamomile to a different um, with a different herb, it'll just amplify the effects of that herb as well. So it really is super versatile. So should we get back to our um, our topic for this week? Yeah. The last two ways to make the most of Leo season. Okay, so the fourth way to make the most of Leo season is to connect with your creative side. Uh, Leo is associated with the fifth house of the... Um, astrological houses and that is the house of creativity and so that is one of the reasons why we thought this would be a good thing to do during leo season we'll have to do a whole episode probably on the houses of astrology at some point won't we erica 
I know. We're going to, yeah, we're going to have to, there's a couple topics that I feel we'll, we'll have to do like a series of. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, back to this topic, <laughs> there's <laughs> connecting with your creative side. You know, everyone, I, I think everyone is creative in one way or another, but I think people, I hear often people say, well, I'm not creative. But you are. Everyone's creative. And I think that idea of, oh, I'm not creative makes it so that people sort of neglect that part of themselves. So maybe you think you're, maybe you are an artist and you paint on a canvas and that's like kind of the traditional way to think of creativity. Or maybe you're artistic more with like a typewriter or a keyboard and you write with your, you use your creativity for writing. But Creativity can also happen in the kitchen. You can be really creative with the food that you make, or it can be creative with, well, crafting is another um, commonly thought of as creative, but, you know, using craft supplies to create something new, using fabric, anything like that. Or maybe you create a party out of basically nothing and you're really good at planning events. Um, maybe you're really good at setting routines and schedules. And so any way that you are creating something out of nothing, that is using your creativity. That's how you can be creative. Um, so that's like, you know, designing graphics if you're a graphic designer or creating spreadsheets if you're sort of a data analyst type person. So like I said, any way that you're creating something is being creative. Yeah, I feel like sometimes we get stuck in this worldview of creating Creativity meaning you have to be doing a, some sort of hobby or, you know, some making something, being, you know, being a painter, being a, a sewer, being a writer, that you, we get stuck in this like very specific defined version of what creativity means. But there's so many different ways to be creative. So whatever creativity means to you, get in touch with it and let go of some of that seriousness of life. And, uh, you know, think think outside the box for a little bit and create something new that you wouldn't normally have done. Yeah, I think that's also that's kind of key there, too, because um, I think like like you said that a lot of times we think of creativity as like a hobby or something that isn't. What, like what you do for fun and um but it it doesn't have to be we are so much of western culture is defined by what you can produce and it's really supposed to be like serious like making something for money basically and that can be part of creativity is you know like i said you're creating something out of nothing but it can still be fun even if it's like part of what you're doing for work for me, productivity is a four-letter word. I hate that word. I hate productivity because it's this capitalistic ideal of like work, 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 get it done. You know, it's conveyor belts. It's getting things out and done and off to market. But I think about my boyfriend's job where he's a software designer and much of his time is seriously just looking at code and finding creative ways to make things work. And, and, and it really, like, it's, it's not productive time. It's not, he's not making something to sell. He's 
using his time to be creative to make a product that's already out there work better. And so we don't have to have this go, 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 go attitude. Sometimes we can stop and just think and, you know, that, like I said, the think outside the box, a creative solution may get you to a productive place, but it takes time. And I hated when I was working in retail where it was like, if you've got time for leaning, you've got time for cleaning. And it's like, no, sometimes I just need to lean. Right. And sometimes while you're doing that, your your brain is working on how to make it more efficient. And eventually that's going to result in more productivity for the company. You know, like giving your brain a rest is um, not that that should be the goal of your leaning and relaxing time. But, um, you know, sometimes that's how those good ideas form is mm-hmm. when you have that opportunity to just rest and not be forced to grind and hustle. That's the other, those two words. I also, that's like part of our culture right now is just like, what's your grind right now? Or like um, side hustles and things like that. And sometimes you just need to have things that aren't monetized, you know? <laughs> hmm Yeah. Well, and you, you hear about all of these companies like Google or even small little companies that that are engineer based, um, whether it's computer engineer or, you know, whatever that, that where that mind productivity is needed a lot. A lot of these companies have game rooms. They have video games set up. They have guitars available to play. They've got pool tables, you know, they've got coffee and bars and all kinds of stuff because they recognize that they can't just sit at their desk the entire day and produce and that sometimes they need to take a step back because like you said those moments of relaxing and being creative and playing and having fun will produce a new idea on how to solve a problem yeah yeah it's it's really making me think of the ace cards which we haven't really talked about on this podcast yet but the aces are it's always the hand of god holding coming out of like a a cloud on the Rider Waite Smith version of the tarot decks. And I always think of that, um, like in Zelda, there's the, here, take this tool. You you know, don't, it's dangerous to go alone. Here, take this. And so that's kind of like when you take that moment to rest or to play or to be creative, something will appear to you that will help you in the next stage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that kind of leads us into our next topic, which is about treating yourself to an indulgence. Like take some time to, you know, be like a kid in a candy shop and revel in these really simple pleasures, you know, spoil spoil yourself with love and treats and gifts and games and all of those things that you've kind of been um, holding back from. Maybe you were on a diet from your overindulgence in the holiday season, you know, like maybe it's time to go and have that ice cream cone or, you know, buy that toy that you've been putting off. Like this is the time to do it. Indulge. Yeah. And it, since it's Leo season and if we're in the Northern hemisphere, it's summer, like we talked about. So it's in indulging yourself, you're treating yourself like you're the sun and you get to radiate and spread joy and laughter wherever you go by 
you know, having fun, go looking at things like a kid who's just really excited about everything because everything's new and different. And you can spread that around as well, like, like as if you're throwing glitter on the world. Um, and so I think it's really important to just remember that each of us is unique and we all have all of these things to offer the world that is unique to each individual person. And as and at the same time, the world has so much to offer each of us if we indulge in it. And if we take that opportunity to look at life's simple pleasures um, and things that you might normally deny yourself or your loved ones, but to really indulge in those things, you can get a lot out of the world and the world will have a lot to give you. Yeah, I, I'm in a place right now in my life that I feel like I'm really embracing Leo in that, in this indulgement, indulgence factor of, um, because I've been neglected for a really long time as, as myself, I've, I've hidden myself to care for another person that was toxic. And um, so I'm really trying to embrace this indulgence piece of my life because it's, it was denied me for so long. So one of the things, and Maggie, you're going to love this, is I am officially planning my super extra overindulgent, all-inclusive trip to Disney World. Yay! That means I get to see you and also go. <laughs> yes. Um, and it's been on my bucket list forever. It's something that I want to do. It'll bring me joy. And, and I've been reaching out to some friends who have um, they work for the Disney travel agencies to get, you know, pricing and kind of figure out what I want to do and how I want to do it. I have friends who have a timeshare on Disney property. Whoa. So they can like, so I'm like, can I use your timeshare, please? And thank you. <laughs> and so it's totally an overindulgence. It has no practical merit at all. Um, but I, it's, I want it. Yeah. I well, want it. And, and yeah. And it's a, it's like also the kid in you, you know, like people always say that Disney World is for kids, which is silly because, you know, you, once you become a grown up, you shouldn't have to give up the things that are fun for kids. You know, you should be able to still enjoy that kind of things. And the fact that I just called us grown ups means that I'm not grown up yet because <laughs> I don't think grown ups call themselves <laughs> that. Well, and, and there's this idea of like, you can still enjoy the things that you enjoyed as a kid, but with a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's totally different because you also recognize the value of that. Like when you're a kid, you don't necessarily know how much things cost. So you don't maybe appreciate it the same way that you're going to appreciate it as someone who's saving and planning and doing all of that, putting that into it so that you can have like a really wonderful time. Mm -hmm. That's Leo season. Those are five things that you can do during Leo season to really enjoy it and to make the most of the energy. And we are going to move on to our next segment of the show where we talk about the moon phase and your assignment for the moon phase. We are back to a full moon. And the full moon has kind of two separate parts. We have, a, it's a transition point from 
the waxing half of the lunar cycle to the waning half of the lunar cycle. So the first thing is to think about something that you're celebrating. So, you know, list at least three things that you're really grateful for. Do you have something to share, Erica, from like the last two weeks, three things you can express gratitude for? Yeah, I can express gratitude for my new boss for seeing the leadership quality in me. I um, am grateful for a job that pays me well and that I have a family that is uh, supportive for me financially. And so I finally feel like I'm out of this cloud of debt and financial ruin. And I'm honestly, it's silly, but I'm grateful for my kitty cat this week because she has been she was like the epitome of scaredy cat. And in the last week, she has gone up to both Kim and Miles, my housemates, um, demanding attention, snuggling with them. Kim was taking a nap the other day and Porkchop, my cat, went and laid on Kim's bed with her and snuggled with her, which she has never done. Oh, and <laughs> um, last night she came downstairs and wandered around downstairs for like a good hour with Charlie, the dog, just kind of laying there. And so I'm just grateful that she is starting to feel really safe and at home and is, is totally turning into a, to a different cat. Yeah. Sounds like she's embracing her Leo side, becoming a bold <laughs> lion. Yes. <laughs> I call her a puma. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well I am grateful for for one thing my husband is has been very supportive of this whole journey with Mumbles Academy taking some time off and needing to you know shut the doors for a little bit and it's really been so beneficial to my own mental health I was facing sort of like a burnout and not really you know, wanting to do things and having this time off has helped me to recognize why I do this and, and get new ideas for um, making it better. But having my husband's support has made that even possible without his, you know, financial support, as well as emotional support, it wouldn't have been possible to take this time, I would have had to continue to hustle and grind, so to speak. So, um, so I'm grateful for that. I'm also grateful for Oh, I got a new teapot. Hmm. It's a very cute teapot. It's blue and it's very classic teapot looking. It's the perfect teapot shape. And it has, a, I don't have it in right now to show Erica, but it has a little like seal on the top. So when you put, it has like a little strainer to go inside of it. And when you put the lid on, it sticks into the strainer where you put the tea leaves. And then when you pull the lid off, it brings the strainer out with it. So it's very practical. And it's just, I, I had another teapot and I did like it, but it was getting old. And also it, um, I accidentally left the strainer part in Portland when we moved to Florida. So I have had to use like reusable or um, disposable tea bags for my loose leaf teas. And so it was just kind of annoying. And I accidentally broke it. So I can't use that one anymore. <laughs> But now I got this one and I'm really grateful for it. Today's the first day I'm using it. And it's just been like really fun and reinvigorating my joy of tea. And I'm also grateful for my cats. And I don't think it sounds silly, Erica, to be grateful for the cats um, because then I would be silly and that is not a thing. And um, but they have been super snuggly with me. They 
I don't know what it is. They, they having two cats has been kind of like a blessing and an annoyance because they will snuggle with each other and they don't need snuggles from humans. But lately they've been snuggling with each other, but also, but like next to me. So they're like, yeah, they're, and I'm just really enjoying, like they'll headbutt me and be really sweet. So yeah, cats are special. Yeah. So then the other part of the full moon is that we are transitioning into that release phase of the waning half of the lunar cycle. So is there anything that you want to release during this, this next two weeks up to the new moon? I would like to release a, this feeling of uh, my priorities are the same as everybody else's priorities. And it's something that I kind of try to release all the time and I can never quite do it. So um, just like, you know, my, my dad said to me when I got my first big girl job and I got really mad at one of my coworkers for not doing something when I thought it needed in the time frame that I thought it needed to be done. And he just gently reminded me that they have their own things going on in their position in their job that are different from my priorities for my position and my job. And it crosses not just jobs, but family life and friend life and all different areas of my priorities are not their priorities. And that's okay. And all I need to do is just do my job. That's a good one to remember. Our dad's pretty wisdomous. He is. Um, So for me, I want to release, well, I had a really nice reading, uh, tarot reading with um, Jennifer Gregson, who I'll give a shout out to. She's, she's teaching a class called Turning on the Tap. And it's about um, using the tarot to help unlock your muse for writers. And I have been a writer for a long time. Um, obviously I've been writing these blog posts, but I've always thought of myself as a nonfiction writer writing witchcraft things and, um, about, you know, spirituality. And for some reason, I've just had this block about writing uh, fiction and I've been really wanting to do that, do that more. Um, and, and she just had like a lot of really good insight using the tarot cards to help me get through some things that I'd been considering. And so one of the things that we talked about needing to release is what is my block for um, calling myself a writer? (laughs) So I'm trying to release that and allow myself to take that title. Um, And so one idea we had was to call myself a word witch instead, (laughs) because maybe there's something about the word writer that is hard for me. So um, Word witch is my new title (laughs) and releasing whatever is the things that are keeping me from uh, prioritizing fiction writing or prioritizing nonfiction writing over the fiction writing um, thinking about it as like only something I do for fun. And that ties back into our Leo season discussion about creativity and having fun with things. Um, and that not being like a bad thing to a bad way to spend your time, like doing things just for the, sake of doing things. So I'm releasing my blocks about fiction writing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. I think 
uh, you know, with the block around being called a writer, there's almost like an elitism and a, like this academic feeling of like, you have to be really good to be a writer. Yeah. Or like, there's like a level that you have to, or a threshold of like, you have to write a certain amount or whatever, but there's a, I think there's like a popular Twitter post. That's like, you're, you're a writer. If you write, you know, like that's how you mm-hmm. become a writer. <laughs> so, so I just have to write and then there we go. <laughs> yeah. But word, which feels more in line with your mannerisms than yeah. writer. <laughs> yeah. And I love like the play play on words with puns and things like that. So I also feel like there's like a, a mad, magical, mystical quality to just playing with words in some way. Um, so that's mm-hmm. why, yeah, I like it. Yeah, good. So now we want to hear from you. If you go to witchwanderer.com, you'll find the latest game. This week, we have a question for you. What is the one thing you wish non-witches understood about magic and witchcraft? What a good question. Is there something that you would wish that non-witches understood about magic and witchcraft, Erica? For me, I think it would be the understanding that we're not necessarily, and I know some people do, but for me personally, I, I'm not doing like Harry Potter, Tinkerbell, waving a magic wand, witchcraft. I am using witchcraft and magic as a way of using what's inside myself and manifesting things that I would like to see in the world. And that through that, it takes thinking about it, reading the tarot and and drawing conclusions from these pictures and um, meditation and, and just sitting with knowledge. And so I think that's what I would want non-practitioners to think about and know. I think that's a really good one. I think one for me, I wish that non-witches understood that magic and witchcraft are not something evil or dark, um, that, you know, there is some, witches do celebrate some of that darkness that a lot of people do um, fear. But I think that there's, you know, power in the darkness. And, and so I wish that I guess I wish in that sense, I wish that um, non-witches knew that there's nothing to fear from the darkness more than that witchcraft isn't sometimes a little bit dark. That, that, you know, it's, it's okay to, there's, there's no reason to be afraid of the dark and that sometimes it's really important to go into those darker um, shadowy places of ourselves. uh, And that's part of what witchcraft is about too. Yeah, no spiritual bypassing. Yeah, you here. can't skip over those those dark places. And there's a lot of good to be found in those um, sh- in the shadow. So, you know, there's the golden shadow, which we can talk about in another episode. <laughs> yeah. So the final thing to say is that next week we are going to be talking about the five of wands for our next Leo season episode. And this card is about competition, rivalry, minor setbacks, and disagreement. Sometimes it's about quarreling over nothing or just for the purpose of having competition. So only just because you want to 
it's it's like playing devil's advocate in some ways that you want to feel challenged or you want to challenge somebody else and um or you're trying to like defend yourself when nobody's trying to attack to attack you so there's a lot of like conflicts going on in this card there's feelings of like not knowing where you stand with other people and you might be kind of frustrated about that and you may feel like hassled by someone else's opinions so all of that are things that Eric and I are going to talk about it, stories from our own life in next week's episode. And if you have a story that relates to the five of wands or any of the other cards we've talked about on this show, feel free to email us a voicemail at um, we listen at talkwitchcraft.com. And we would love to hear from you. We will play your recording on the show. You can find out more about this episode by going to mumblesandthings.com slash blog slash 029. Join us next week when we talk about confidence and pride. Make sure that you subscribe so that you are notified about each new episode. And to help other witches find this show, please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram at Mumbles and Things and join us in the Mumbles Academy to chat about this episode with other witchy folk. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.